Well, hey everybody, this is the MS Preps Podcast. I'm joined by Will Salmon. I'm Hugh Kellenberger. It's brought to you by ClarionLedger.com. And we are here uh, just a couple of days before Will goes on vacation for Christmas, goes back to New York where nobody cares about recruiting at all. You'd be surprised, Hugh. You'd be really surprised. I started texting my friends uh, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'll be back Saturday until like the 31st. Let me know right. if you're free. I would say, well, granted... And they I, told you no. Well, like no, they wait. Like, grant, granted, I don't have that many friends, but of the friends that I did text to notify, like, hey, I'll be back home, all but two asked me where Cam Akers is going. <laughs> Which I looked at, and I was just like, please stop. Please don't let me have these conversations when I get back there. And what did you tell them? I didn't even answer. I didn't even answer. Come I mean, on, we can man. talk about that. You're here. leaving people hanging. I, I just switched the subject because I'm not carrying that with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, "You're leaving him at the terminal." <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <Cam. laughs> excess bag. It's like excess bag is just drop it. Just we can say we can say I just even lost it for for all for all yeah. I care at this point. I mean. Uh, they they were just like and they didn't even like tr- like go of it either. They were like he's really good, huh? <laughs> like they, they just kept going back to it, and I was just I, I just didn't really feed into it at all. So yeah. uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully that kind of ended the conversations there. But you never know. I mean, he's become a big deal in New York now. So apparently, gone worldwide. Or word has spread. Word has spread. So yeah, let's talk about Cam. Um, obviously, we're in the dead period. So. I say this a little bit, nothing will change and nothing will happen when the coaches can only make one phone call per week. Like, um, All the in-homes are obviously done. What I think is the biggest thing right now in Cam Akers' decision, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the hires that LSU and Ole Miss made this week at offensive coordinator. Well, the, that was the only information he needed that he was missing. Right. You know, to, to make, at least in my opinion, and I think that that's almost as obvious as it gets to kind of point out because what else do you need at this point to make that call? Granted, you still got to weigh that. It's still, still going to take a few days. Right, and just because you, you know, know everything doesn't mean that you know which one. Right, right. exactly. That's, that's, that's the main point, just because you know all the information. Well, it makes it e- even harder in some cases. You know, now, okay, now i got to weigh this aspect of it, and this actually happened, so what does this mean? Um, you know, I do know that LSU's recent hire, their offensive coordinator, has reached out already. Matt Canada. He has reached out to, I, I was told he has spoken to Cam and his mother. Don't know how that went, though, um, but that, that has been those conversations have been had, at least. So, you know, I, I do think from Cam's side, uh, what people were telling me was that they see it as, so as a, as a pretty good hire. You know, right. not somebody. It's not a hire that's going to be a negative in any sense. That that was my that was my um, impression was that this isn't going to have a negative effect. Now, whether it's too late to have a significant positive impact, maybe. Maybe I think it, I think it would have uh, been beneficial to to LSU if they would have gotten that hire done a week prior. So he would have been able to go to an in home. Exactly, exactly. Yes. You know, and that that also I think is 
could be a little bit detrimental toward Ole Miss as well for the same mm-hmm. reason uh, with hiring Longo, who, you know, it, and I may be the only or one of the few reporters in Mississippi who would say Florida State is above Ole Miss in the pecking order. Uh, I may or may not be, but I do think that Florida State is above Ole Miss, in my opinion. Cam Cam Akers has never said that, and mm-hmm. I don't think he will until he makes a decision. But if somebody were to ask me, or you know, if that's what the main question, of course, is, that's my answer to it. Is in my opinion, I think that it makes more sense to to see Florida top that Florida State. I'm sorry, up top that list than than any other school. So, uh, I, I think the coordinator hires. While they're significant, of course, it may or may not be may or may not have been even too late to to really make that much of an impact. You know, I mean, the word had spread about Longo, right. so it's not as if it was a shocker. It's not as if you know, uh, perhaps they were even told over the weekend that it was going to be Longo during that final in-home visit. You know, Miles Brennan knows? said he was told. He was, and he's. He seemed uh, speaking of Miles Brennan. He seemed pretty happy about the Canada deal at, right. at LSU. That That's a really good fit for him. Yeah, and uh, you know, I reached out to uh, the former state Stanislaw coach, who's now headed to Louisiana for a job. Uh, the day before Miles um, reaffirmed, I guess is the best word, his commitment to LSU, and he said uh, that is the perfect fit for Miles Brennan. And you can quote me on that. Naturally, I waited to quote him on that until (laughs) just because it was also JUCO signing day that day. So there was a lot going on. Um, But it was something I wanted to keep on top of. So, yeah, I think the LSU hire for offensive coordinator made an impact for Miles, obviously. Uh, Whether or not it holds the same weight in Cam's eyes, who knows, Uh, you know. But I do think that Florida State is probably what I would consider the team to be. Yeah, I mean, the thing that Florida State has that the other two clearly didn't have is that it's the known quantity. You know exactly what you're going to get. You know exactly what that office is going to be at that school. They're losing Dalvin Cook. Son, you can step right in, and, and that's yeah. an you know the it's more of a pro style attack than most college offenses. They run the ball a lot. I think that's a really good fit. If you talk about making a business decision of what school is the best to highlight you and prepare you for the next level. Florida State has a really, really strong argument. Uh, let's talk about Ole Miss a little bit because obviously a lot of our listeners are really interested in what this means for Cam that they hired Phil Longo, a uh, offensive coordinator from Sam Houston State. His entire career is at the FCS Division Two, Division Three high school level. It's a huge leap from there to the SEC. Hugh Freeze seems to have a lot of confidence in him. One thing I thought was interesting, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Hugh Freeze had a press conference a couple of hours ago to talk about the hire. It sounds like much more than I originally thought that this is going to be Phil Longo's offense than Phil Longo running Hugh Freeze's offense. I think that's important, probably for Cam, because we've seen what Hugh Freeze's offense is, and it doesn't highlight running backs. If Phil's is actually able to, I, I think that's a positive development for Ole Miss. But it also feels like this. It feels like the sort of hire that may be the right hire, but it's not going to get you Cam Akers. And may and and to be fair, like I don't know if there was an offensive coordinator that Ole Miss could hire that was going to get them Cam Akers. Maybe Canada. 
maybe Canada, the guy who went to LSU, but even so. But that Ole Miss could have, I don't know if, yeah. but I don't know. That, that's the part that I think people at Ole Miss forget is that they're making these coordinator hires not in a vacuum. Right. It, it you have There has to be mutual interest. And I know Matt Canada a little tiny bit from a long time ago when he was in Indiana. Matt Canada and Hugh Freeze would not be a good fit. I, I, don't, I wouldn't see that meshing well. Um, on top of NCAA investigation, how many guys want to get on top of that? Um, several factors there. Yeah, the thing with Longo, and I, after reading your column yesterday that you had on Thursday, you know, I was really intrigued because I'm a big Mike Leach guy. You know, yeah. I, I, I love I – mean, I'm like your typical New Yorker football fan. Like, I love passing. I love – you know, a lot of points, like, you know, the more points, you know, 49, 42 games, I love those games. And I, I'd watch that, and, and I'd be I'd be happy with that. So I, I always love those passing attacks and then that, that kind of style, that up-tempo style. Uh, so I was pretty intrigued by that. So I did a little homework on just, you know, what, what is the offense exactly? Not trying to have any sort of preconceived notion about it right. or um, anything just based on what the headlines tell me or you know what certain stats tell me that you know were highlighted above others or anything just make my own sort of my own reporting through it and make my own opinion after that like like most things uh, so I I like the hire on the field for Ole Miss I think it's a great fit actually whether or not it's the thing is, is the same thing with recruiting is can he have the same kind of success at, at the yes. highest level? Yes. That's the thing that's going to – and that's what's so hard to sell to a recruit and a recruit's family is, okay, I did this at this level, and that's great. And it's the same thing at, at like a job hire. You know, it's like, okay, you did this at this level. That's awesome. Can you do it at this level? Right. Which is a higher one and arguably the highest. And that's takes a lot of persuasion, and, and it takes a lot – and I don't know if even persuasion works because you have to show it. You know, it has to be, right. well, what have you done? Not what you're going to do. What have you done? And I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest hurdle they have. Right. As the person doing the hiring, you have to be able to look at the person and be able to project them to be able to do something else. And, you know, the argument for – I guess the argument for Phil Longo is I think the offense will work. That That's – and, right. and I, 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 I agree with that. that as well. Yeah. I agree with that. Here's – the thing about that is the Ole Miss offense has been working. Like, they have scored points every year for the last five years with Dan Warner as the co-office coordinator. They fired Dan Warner. Clearly, they want something more. I don't think that something more was when they set out to make the hire all just we want to be able to ha- be better in third down and inside the red zone. I think recruiting was a part of that. And that is the most difficult part to project about this hire is, is Phil Longo going to be any sort of a force on the recruiting trail? Because I don't think, and this has been Ole Miss's problem for a while now, I don't think you can survive and thrive in the SEC if you have a single assistant coach who is a liability. Every single assistant coach has to be at least baseline level recruiter, and then you have to have a couple that are exemplary, that are your lead dogs. Almost got a lead dog in Wesley McGriff, a defensive coordinator. What is Phil Longo? I, you know, I, I would guess capable. Yeah, but that's just a guess because he's. I mean, he's he's never done it. No, he's never recruited at this level. No, 
That's gonna be that's a thing, huge. Yeah. That's a huge unknown factor, and this is a this was a critical hire for Hugh Freeze. The other part about Cam though is his lead recruiter for Ole Miss is still there, and he's going to be there Derek next. Derek Nix, the yeah. running backs coach, and Derek has done a good job with Cam. You know, he's he's got them this far, which is still in the mix. They're still there. And that's critical for, you know, a top five player in the country. Right. So that's an accomplishment in itself to, to give them their due on that. Um, and that's good from Ole Miss' perspective that, you know, it wasn't, say, they didn't get rid of the guy who was Cam's lead guy. I mean, that that's still there. Uh, Cam has a pretty good relationship with uh, Matt Luke as well. Matt Luke is still there. Uh, and then Hugh Freeze, of course, is, is the recruiter. But the thing with Hugh Freeze is, uh, and we've talked about this before, just – it's hard to be your team's best recruiter and be head coach. Right. And, and to be, and not only be the, your team's best recruiter, because in a lot of sense that's, that's the case everywhere, where like your head coach is a really good recruiter because obviously he has to be to sell the program, but he can't take it all on, in other words. He has to be the closer. Yes. Nick Saban, Nick Saban is step. the closer. Exactly. He's not the guy doing the maintenance recruiting. Uh. Correct me if I'm tell me if I'm off base here. A lot of old misses recruiting pitch to Cam Akers is based off of emotional appeals. We we are the ones that have been recruiting you the longest. We are the ones that are inside Mississippi. Be a Mississippian. Be a native son that comes to the state school and does great things. Dare you have this great relationship with Derek Nix. Parts of your family have great relationships with Derek Nix and the old miss coaching staff. And they're now, but they're having to play catch up on the practical appeal. LSU and Florida State, I don't think, have nearly the same sort of emotional appeal, but they are far ahead of Ole Miss on a practical appeal. I think that's hundred percent correct. And so then it just comes down to which, yeah, what what is going to influence Game Maker's decision? You know, and I think a lot of that. And that's that's really the way I look at it as just being somebody who is very practical in a sense and right. just a realist point of view. And that's why I say, in my opinion, Florida State probably leads just because I'm looking at it from that point of view and I'm not looking at it from the emotional point of view. And, you know, maybe if I was from Mississippi and maybe if I lived in Mississippi my whole life, my, my brain will be altered somewhat. Well, but I, I, even yeah, so. Yeah, but I think that's kind of a, it's kind of a cliche. I, I think you could, you could find people in New York that would go, I would never leave New York. Clearly, you would yeah. leave New York. You did. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's it's. I don't think it's anything about where you're from or who you are. I think it's about what you want. What you want. Yeah. And, and you know, it's an 18 year old kid making a decision with the help of his parents. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's the other part is the parents are playing a major role in this yes, decision. Yes. And, and I've said this before, but you know, his the people in his family are all. One college educated, two football savvy. Right. You know he is he is in a good position that a lot of many recruits just aren't. You know he. Right. That's why you see this playing out the way it is. Uh, similar to say C.J. Avery out of Grenada, for example, kind of played out the same way. Where you know he committed to to Louisville the other day, and if you would have told me last time we did the podcast, actually two weeks ago or so. I think we actually talked about C.J. Avery going to Mississippi o- State. almost as an eventuality. Right, right, exactly. And to, to an extent, that was what everybody kind of thought, or like a lot of people, at least in right. Starkville, thought. And rightfully so. I mean, he's, he was, he's been there so many times. Um, 
But at the end of the day, he wanted to go somewhere where it was in the best interest for C.J. Avery. And C.J. Avery's future, and he felt that was Louisville over everywhere else. And you know, a lot of people want to make the tie to Wesley McGriff and Auburn and um, all of a sudden have C.J. Avery going to Ole Miss because McGriff went to Ole Miss. That That's not going to happen because he didn't want to go to Ole Miss. He's not going to follow. No. Yeah, he's not I mean, the type that's going to follow the school yeah. that – he thinks is best fit for his future. Right. So I, I kind of see the similarities a little bit. I can see Cam Akers doing that. And with CJ as well, both of his parents are very – his dad played football. Both of his parents are very educated. Um, and it, it's kind of playing out the same way where there's a lot of unknowns and they're playing this pretty close to the vest and not really tipping their hand at all, um, which I think is always the best thing. Uh, selfishly, I, I'd like a little bit more information from a media point of view. But hey, you know, if I if I was in their shoes, I'd do the same thing. Right. Okay. Where do we go next? Where do you else do you want to talk about? Well, there's the idea that Wesley McGriff is such a great recruiter and what that could mean for Ole Miss. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, from the defensive point of view, so I asked around a little bit about that, um, and it, it's kind of interesting because you say to yourself, "Who do I ask?" for Ole Miss because they don't have that many commits this year. They don't have too many major targets that they're in on or that they're favored above other teams for. So it becomes a little bit difficult to even say to yourself, okay, who does this matter to? You know, so I, right. I, the people who I have, I, I think for a guy like Willie Gay, it doesn't have a negative impact as well, um, similar to the Cam deal with LSU. It's, if it's any impact at all, it's a positive one. Uh, a guy like Cam White, I think it could impact him more than he's sort of led on to me. He said it made no impact whatsoever. I think down the road when they make him more of a priority in January, that could kind of evolve into something a little bit more because he he's a guy who's going to play out until play out his decision until National Signing Day in February. So we can see that kind of being a little bit more interesting. Um, as of now, I, Iowa State. He's still committed there. They're still that number one team to beat with Minnesota lurking lurking around with Ole Miss. So I think the McGriff hire could help there. Then I also think it just, this year aside, it sets them up in really good position, barring anything crazy from, from the NCAA coming down, in good position to succeed on the recruiting trail next year for right. 2018. And I think that's huge. Um, I think that's where you're going to see McGriff make a, better, a bigger impact. I don't know if he could wave a magic wand and all of a sudden things are fixed for the 2017 class. I think, hate to say, but it sort of is what it is at this point. It's just not a good-looking class. Um, there are, their targets are, outside of acres, not really going to move the needle much. Right. So... Which, you know, it's kind of funny because here we are toward the end of 20, uh, 2016, and when I first got here, the conversation was, we're getting Cam Akers, we're, we're getting Smith, the offensive lineman, we're getting Walker Little. It may turn out they don't get any of those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. To, I think there will be people that will visit Ole Miss in January that weren't going to visit Ole Miss, that are going to visit because of Wesley McGriff, um, or who ends up being the defensive line coach or the wide receivers coach. Because I think a... I don't think you're getting hired at Ole Miss right now unless you can prove your recruiting prowess. And more so, I think you're, it's going to be who who do you think that you can bring in here? That's a big thing in basketball recruiting. 
you know, assistant coaches get hired a lot of times because they have a guy. You hire me, this guy's going to commit to this program. Football doesn't quite work like that. I think we'll see guys that will come and visit, but how many are going to like actually sit there and pull the trigger? That's that's a harder thing. It's one thing to go, yeah, coach, you're going to get one of my official visit, five official visits. It's a whole other thing to go, yeah, I'm going to follow you. That, that's what they need too, though. Is that they they they've got to the point where they're getting the official visits. They're getting the hey, they're in my top five deals. They need more that, than that. That does absolutely yeah. nothing for you to finish third. Exactly. It sounds nice. It really does. It does. Right. It makes you. It makes you feel better for a split second. But it, it doesn't. Man, change we were anything. right there. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. At the end of the day, though, and it's great to to have those list of visitors and um, you know say so and so is here, was here, he liked it, this and that, but. What does it all mean a week later when he's committing elsewhere? Right. I think it sounds like Wesley McGriff is going to run a 4-3. Now they gave the whole it's going to be multiple because every new defensive coordinator runs a multiple defense. He also said it will beat any offense. It will beat, yeah, right. Um, spoiler alert! These are the these are the cliches of new hires right. that you know. If it's a defensive coordinator, your defense is going to be multiple. It's going to be fast and aggressive, much it's, more aggressive than the previous. And it's going to switch at times. Switch at to times. the personnel that it's going against. Right. Those that's what that's what they say. Yes. Uh, I do think on some level going to a four three helps them with Willie Gay. Because I think a four three a four three defense naturally emphasizes the linebacker more than a four two five does. Part of the problem I think with Day Max four two five was that the linebackers were they were in the middle of the defense, but they were not central to the defense. So much of it was dependent on the safeties and the husky. The linebackers were just kind of like you got to be a guy. Um, I do think there's they can pitch if they can pitch that the defense is going to highlight Willie Gay. I think that could make some sort of impact because again, talking about practical versus emotional, Willie Gay is a guy who's going to make a practical decision. Yeah, and and for him, you have that window of opportunity where I think he's still really open with those four schools being Michigan, LSU, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. I think he could be. I, I could see him going to either of those four. I really could, um, and I think that this month. January is so essential in that regard. So I feel like you had a couple of those early enrollees, though, too, that you had that week or two window where, you know, they had these openings there. So I think the, the main question, at least for, for, for me to you, is why do you think these hires took so long to get announced? I think in Phil Longo's case, I think word got out that it was going to be Phil Longo. Then he coached a team that played on national TV with a lot of Ole Miss fans watching, including a lot of people who give money to Ole Miss, and they lost 65-7 to and looked absolutely terrible. And I think Hugh Freeze probably had to go do some extra interviews. Maybe prove to himself, maybe prove to other people that Phil Longo was the guy. I think in the case of Wesley McGriff, I think there were other guys that he was considering. I think it really came. I think I. I know for a fact that there was a guy that Hugh Freeze really desired to be his defensive coordinator, and thought was going to be available, 
who who was ended up not being available. I think that affected the search from the start. Uh, I don't think it's a secret that they wanted to talk to Charlie Strong. They were hoping that Charlie Strong would be interested in a defensive coordinator position. You know, getting a head coaching job. Jim Levitt was at Colorado. Jim Levitt was a guy. He ends up picking Oregon. I don't think Wesley McGriff is a fallback, last option sort of hire at all. But I, I think it took longer than maybe you expected or a lot of us expected because he wasn't sure which way it was going to go. And this, and this going back to what you were talking about earlier with how Hugh Freeze having to do so much of the recruiting. Hugh Freeze spent like a week and a half out there, you know, beating the bushes for recruits. Like there wasn't a whole lot of time to run a coaching search. They had so few coaches that they had like staff members out there recruiting for them. Um, so I think that was also a factor. But I do agree with you. Like in retrospect, you sit there and go like you could have hired Wesley McGriff the day after the Iron Bowl and the Egg Bowl. That's like if that the, was the guy, then yeah. then you could have made that hire in November and you get three extra weeks of Wesley McGriff. And maybe if you or two extra weeks. If you get two extra weeks of Wesley McGriff, maybe that is enough to flip somebody. Yeah, I think that's just the main question that a lot of fans have is is why it took so long. You know, right. if, if these were our guys and, and if everybody and their mothers knew that these were their guys, these were gonna be the guys, why didn't we just say they have the guys? The other part is I have seen hires at Ole Miss where the hire is made and then it is four or five days later that HR and the university finally sign off on the hire and it's announced. Yeah, there's always those practical reasons. I think in this situation, some of that delay was... They tried to get it much closer to them being able to announce it. You know, word leaked Thursday, they announced it Friday morning, so it wasn't quite... But it wasn't nearly as long as... I I do think that was part of it. And and that, particularly when you're under instable investigation, you want to do all of your due diligence to make sure, like... We're good with these, right? Like, we're not going to, like, find out next week that there's some, you know, something that we didn't know that we should know. <laughs> Can't afford those. Right, exactly. So I, I think there were a couple of But, yes, in retrospect, when you see the hires they ended up making, you go, like, you, you could have made those a while ago. That's, like, a top five question, I think, from fans. The other one being how soon is Cam Akers going to announce a decision, which is something that I'm getting a lot lately, is not so much what school he's picking, but when, when are we going to happen. Yes. Because it's been, that's another reason, of, of, as another example, I should say, of him Can it be it. my Christmas present? <laughs> 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 and if not, what about New Year's? <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many wives of college football fans have, like, messaged you to be like, when is Cam Akers committing? Because if he's going to commit. I don't have to give my husband anything for Christmas because that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, that, he got a shiny new running back under the tree. You know, there there are a couple of prospects to watch for Christmas commitments. Those are always great from the media perspective. You know, oh, yeah. Why not? Oh, just, yeah. You just know, give your parents that gift and, you know, not think about everybody else. <laughs> but no, there's a couple of targets actually who are going to make a there's, – there's one in particular defensive tackle out of Florida uh, who is – Visited Ole Miss, and he's a top. He has kept the Rebels in his top three. Uh, I'll be Jordan Scott out of Florida, so uh, I think he's got to watch uh, on that. I, I won't be here, so I'm just kind of throwing out some things to keep an eye on. He's a guy who I I, I think it 
probably is Ole Miss. I mm-hmm. mean, the, these are high school and college, junior college kids in some cases making their decisions, so it's always changing by the day and by the hour even. But, you know, I, I think Ole Miss has a pretty good shot at him, uh, especially if they can name a defensive line coach forward too. Um, that, that would help. Um, but going back to Acres, you know, I, I do think it will be more sooner than than later. Uh, I do think it will be you – know, the only time he's ever really thrown out a date out there was for the Army Bowl, which is on right. January 7th. If I had to guess, I would probably say it comes a little bit before that just because of the enroll process where you have to make that decision more often than not a little earlier than that. To just right. kind of make sure that everything is in order the way it should be, that things have been cleared and any hurdle that you you're going to be able to like actually yeah. like go to class. Exactly, those are important. Kind of things. a big deal. Yeah, those are important things that you want to make sure of. So, and the the later he, I mean, he has to be closing in on the decision by now. Yeah. And the later it is, uh, the more speculation arises. And, you know, you got to think that he's probably going to notify the coaching staffs of his of his decision sooner or later, uh, whether or not they're in it or not. If he hasn't already, who knows? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I do expect that to happen while I'm away. So it's, it's, uh, it's something that, yeah. uh, you know. I don't think the coaching staffs know. And ten years of experience on this will is that the coaching staffs know the winning coaching staff will keep that thing a secret for life as long as you want them to keep it a, the losing coaching staffs seconds I don't care <laughs> right right when they're off the phone time to start spinning this <laughs> right when they're off the phone we didn't get them because X Y Z and. We're okay let me, because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, let me go ahead and call friendly recruiting reporter yeah. and let him know. Yep. Start laying the groundwork, and then that's that's all it takes. Yeah. But, you know, so a part of me is like, hey, wow, I, I don't have to even worry about Cam Baker's decision anymore. <laughs> that, 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 that's interesting because because I won't be here. Or maybe, good maybe to know I will. They, it's good maybe to know that you're really committed to the process. <laughs> But, uh, well, you got to remember, though, it's like, and I agree with it, the fact that he is, um, if not the best, one of the best ever to come out of Mississippi. So for us at the Clarion Ledger, I mean, this is, it's a huge story, you know, so it's something that we have to be on top of every day. And, and for me, that means every single day. Um, and there is no let up with it. It's it's kind of crazy because you're talking about a high school kid, and like <laughs> it's kind of like sad to some degree <laughs> because it is a high you know it's high school football or it's football in general, it's sports in general. It's not that serious, but at the same time, it's like it has this enormous impact on people. Uh, whether that's right or wrong is <laughs> not for me to say, but there, hey, it's there. You do occasionally, and like close to count, like we have great jobs. Like, sports writing is really, really fun. Uh, we get to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, it, it is, I I will say forever, like, my worst day is not as bad as my dad's best day at work. Like, he was a machinist. He made widgets. Like, yeah, we get to be that. creative and be right. fun and have fun. And, and But you do have those moments where you're like, people I went to journalism school with, or we're in school with at the same time or like covering Aleppo and like Donald Trump and, yeah. and 
all of these like gravely serious life and death like affects the entire world issues and we're talking on for 30 minutes on a podcast <laughs> about where an 18 year old is going to go to college but you have to, to have fair, that perspective sometime yeah. like to be fair that's what people want to know people I mean, want to know fact. yeah people want to know more people want to know about cam just i mean it's its own separate thing but you know yes there there is a reason why if you look at the web traffic for the clarionledger.com the sports writers are at the top because it's sports and people like them yes they're fun it provides that outlet Right. That outlook for folks, which... And, in a related note, you can purchase a year, yearly subscription wow. to clarionletter.com. Access for all of 2017. Uh, find out everything that Will's writing. Tyler Cleveland, Will, uh, Mike Bonner, Antonio Morales, myself too, I guess. Uh, for four ninety nine, four ninety nine for an entire year. Now that, my friends, is a great way to... And the year, yes, four ninety nine. You're gonna get a raise for for this for this plug. You know what my raise gonna that be was totally four ninety nine. I get the proceeds from the next digital <laughs> subscription purchased, <laughs> added to my next paycheck after taxes. <laughs> All right, that's it for the MS Press podcast. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. I'm sure we'll be back after the new year. Talk about Cam Akers some more. Thanks.